Okay, people, another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here with you on this Monday. I'm kind of excited about Monday night. I don't expect it to be as good of a game as we had this weekend in the National Football League. I mean, I don't, come on. There were so many great games that there aren't enough TVs in my house to show them. Now, the funny thing is I'm doing this episode from a little bit of a different place and at a little bit of a different time. And my reason for it is as I was watching one of my sons play soccer, he scored a nice, uh, the only goal really for his team, but it was fun, but it was a free kick. You know, they don't play on the English Premier League MLS pitch, but I would say it was definitely well outside of the 18, which was fun to witness. But it got me to thinking about youth sports. And, you know, maybe when you were younger, uh, even now, maybe you were hoping you were going to be a professional athlete and you didn't quite make it to the level that you wanted to. I didn't either, but I did play collegiate division one tennis. So I got partially there. I got partially there. But as I watched my kids play, it got me to thinking about how much do you look at your kids and what age do you think about, oh, they have something special. And it's funny to hear the opposing coach as, as I left say, oh, you got a really good kid. He's really talented. I'm like, okay, thank you. But I try not to think of it as, oh, my kid's talented. I try not to think of it as, okay, I should be putting him in a special soccer league or baseball. He does have really good hand-eye coordination for baseball. Tennis. I got him playing tennis and Kung Fu. And so to what age do you really start to think about how good is your kid and whether you should put them into something, you know, more advanced or real league? I was talking to one of the parents who talked about there is a uh, they were talking, well, we were talking about tennis and how expensive tennis can be. Then we started talking about golf. And then one of the parents read an article talking about how in hockey, if you get into one of the, um, she says she has a friend whose kid is in the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, academy. I think it's like $35,000 a year to be a part of that academy. You go to school for half the year. And then you play hockey, or excuse me, not half the year. You play, you go to school for half the day and you play hockey half the day. And realistically, yeah, I do think that, you know, if my kid, if your kid, if you want them to reach that next level, 
that probably is what you're going to have to do. That really is. You're going to have to say, okay, I want to be at that level. or I want my kid to be at that level. So you've got to commit to it in order for your kid to commit to it. And I vacillate back and forth if that's a good or a bad thing. You know, are you allowing your kid to really be able to be themselves, to grow up in a normal environment, to just have some friends that you grow up with? And I guess in the end, it's to each his own. As I sit here, and you may be able to hear the sounds of kids in the distance. But you, I guess, if even if you were thinking, which I'm really talking to you, because a lot of times what I'm doing is I am going back and forth into my thoughts on this. And really working it through as I talk to you is... If you were thinking, oh, well, I want my kid to have a normal life. I mean, what is a normal life? Living in a neighborhood, playing a bunch of different sports. If it happens, it happens. And you're leaving it up to chance that they maybe go on to play at a high level in, in high school, in college, and maybe the pros. Or do you really push your kid to reach the level of being an exceptional player early and that that becomes their normal life and what's wrong with that you talk about oh they want to build friendships where their teammates become their friends as i have witnessed with my friends that i played tennis with in college and really stay in touch with them but it was fun for that time in college and i probably should have stayed in touch with them maybe i'll try to find them again but when you think about it from a professional level, as I've also, as I mentioned, I've been around professional sports a lot too, that, you know, the professional players become your friends, your best friends. And that's what happens. It's not an easy decision to make. Whoever's listening, if you know, if you've got kids at a young age or, you know, uh, high school, maybe lower than that, middle school, whatever level you may have your kids, you know, you just kind of make your own decision. And in my mind, I feel like when I look at my kids, I am going to let them become what they want to become. My plan is to put them in multiple sports. I'm really looking at basketball, tennis, baseball, soccer, kung fu. They may find another sport that they like, whether it's handball, water polo, swimming, track and field. There are some other sports that they may end up liking. I'm going to let them find their way, but I am going to steer them in a certain direction. And I'm curious what will happen to my kids. I always joke when I think about my dad. 
that if I had played soccer like my younger brothers, maybe I would have achieved a higher level of success. Baseball. I've got two cousins that played in Major League Baseball through marriage, somewhat distant cousins, but cousins nonetheless, um, that I have met and spent a little time with them, that you, you know, you never know. You really don't. And your life path, where you take yourself at a younger age really is determined by your parents and what they have you do, what they get you involved in. For my dad, it was swimming and long distance running. We always joke when we watch the Olympics that, you know, you look at some of these obscure sports and so I was like, oh, well, maybe if I did that obscure sport, I would have a better chance of competing in the Olympics than, you know, baseball or hockey or basketball. Maybe, but you got to respect that that's still an elite sport, too. That's still an elite sport, too. Food for thought. Food for thought. So I digress. Let me get back to sports in the professional sense and what I watched on Sunday. The Arizona Cardinals seem to be legit. I think I will regret not drafting Kyler Murray and when I had a chance to, unfortunately, because he has been amazing. He's been amazing. The Cardinals are 2-0. The NFC West may be the tightest division. You could see all three of those teams making it to the playoffs. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. The Arizona Cardinals are for real. I cannot believe it. It's amazing. Another team that's for real, but they're also the defending Super Bowl champs, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They crushed the Atlanta Falcons, what we expected. But 48-25, to 25, spreading the ball around is Tom Brady. Sound like Yoda. It's amazing how, you know, they are backing up their Super Bowl championship with what could be an even better season. If I'm Tom Brady, I know what they were looking at. I know what he wants the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go, and that is to not just go for greatness and win a Super Bowl. He wants to go undefeated. He came one game short when the Patriots lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants. He wants that. That's probably the last thing that he wants to say he's the GOAT. Has to be. Has to be. Tennessee Titans. After a very disappointing home opener for them, they bounced back and beat the Seattle Seahawks 33-30 on a field goal. I was quite, quite quite amazed at what Travis Henry did. Like, what the heck? I mean, come on. That was amazing. You cannot have a running back like witnessing what you have. I mean, look, okay, first let me say this. In a losing effort, Tyler Lockett is legit, okay? There is no doubt in my mind 
that that's another player. If I go and look at my roster, I'm almost certain I passed up on Tyler Lockett. I was like, yeah, maybe Russell Wilson has too many options. I actually drafted Russell Wilson. So I try not to get a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back in the same on the same team as a quarterback because I want that quarterback to spread the ball around, right? So that's really important for me. You know, you can't hand it off to Chris Carson or throw it to Chris Carson or let's say Tyler Lockett, and then Tyler Lockett, I'm happy he got it to Tyler Lockett, but if he threw it to somebody else, I wouldn't get those points. Well, the full points. So that's a little bit of thing that I do. But I tell you what. There is something about the Tennessee Titans that I thought, I thought they would be a little bit better. But the fact that they came back to win that game is a big deal in my mind. Because if they were 0-2, you would have been, I feel like you would have potentially written off their season. But instead, Derrick Henry had the game of his life. He couldn't be stopped. And I think he's the best runner in the National Football League. I really do. I really do. Dallas Cowboys get the win over the Los Angeles Chargers. The Dallas Cowboys who, dare I say it, that they look good, but... But there was a really bad call in that game, the sack on Herbert, Justin Herbert, that was realistically not a sack. And maybe the Dallas Cowboys don't win that game if they ruled that an incomplete pass. But Justin Herbert, if you didn't know, he's tied Patrick Mahomes and Dan Marino for the most games with at least 300 passing yards by a player in his first two seasons. He is going to be good, really, really good. But they lose to the Dallas Cowboys. The best game of the day for me was the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Ravens went 36 to 35. At the very beginning of the game, I, I was on the phone with some friends. One is a Ravens fan. Two interceptions early for Lamar Jackson. I was like, oh boy, this isn't looking good. This is not looking good. But I am amazed that he came back to win that game. He came back to win what may turn out to be a defining game for Lamar Jackson. Now, granted, I feel like we've seen some good games in the regular season from Lamar Jackson, and it's all about what can you do in the playoffs. Didn't do well against the Bills in the playoffs last year. It was in Buffalo. John, John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, saying, quote, it's not perfect, it's not pretty, but it's us, end quote. He asked Lamar Jackson if he wanted to go for the two-point conversion. They didn't get it, but luckily they still got the win. But I like that John Harbaugh is, put, Harbaugh, excuse me, is putting his trust 
in Lamar Jackson. Let's see what they are going to be able to do the rest of the way if this can catapult them to what could be considered greatness, quite possibly. And I say that because Baltimore has been close, but they've got to be able to do it in the playoffs. So we got a long way to go in the season, but a great win for them. And boy, Travis Kelsey, he looks so good. So, so, so good. So, so, so good. The Washington football team, I'm going down a list of games that I watched or was really excited about going into the games. The Washington football team won a game that I didn't expect them to win. Now, granted, they messed up my parlay as I tweeted Thursday night, but they got the win over the Giants, 30-29. to 29. You know, thank you, Giants, for the penalty on, I don't remember his name, looking at my notes, number 97, I believe, for the Giants. Thank you very much for that penalty. And because of that penalty, the Washington football team got a win. One and one on the season. The Giants are 0 and 2 on the season. But we expected that, right? I mean, come on. They were the Giants. That's what we expected. That's what happens. Patriots crushed the Jets 25 to 6. In New York, we expected that. Denver beat Jacksonville 23-13. I expected that game. I did not expect Buffalo to go into Miami and blank the Dolphins 35-0, especially bouncing back from the loss at home to the the loss at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week 1 that made me think the Pittsburgh Steelers were legit, which I'll get to that later. Not that they aren't legit, but we'll get to it. But Buffalo really impressed me. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Philadelphia Eagles 17-11. to It's almost like some teams are coming down to earth after week one. That's what I feel like is happening. The Los Angeles Rams won 27-24. The my, my early odds-on favorite for MVP is none other than Matthew Stafford. That's what I expect or think will happen this season. That's my bold prediction. Chicago Bears beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Andy Dalton gets hurt. And so when he gets hurt, Justin Fields comes into the game. Doesn't do much by any stretch. We'll see what happens next week if Andy Dalton will be able to go. If not, it may be the beginning of Justin Fields. No doubt about that. The Cleveland Browns, what is going on there? They're one and one. They beat the Houston Texans.
I think based off of what we saw with the Steelers, you know, with their injuries, this may be the window for Baltimore and Cleveland to battle for supremacy. The Carolina Panthers, watch out, they're 2-0. Now, that's the most surprising team so far. New Orleans, after week one, maybe we were a little, we were hyping them up too much about how great they were or and how good Jameis Winston looked. This was not a good look in the second game of the season for the New Orleans Saints, not by any stretch of the imagination. They lose 26-7. to And the last game, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh 26-17. The Steelers are 1-1. One one. The Raiders are 2-0. and oh. I just, man, Raiders. But then again, they started like this last year, if you remember. What, 5-0, 6-0, then everything collapsed. But my worry is that things are collapsing early for the Steelers. Why are they collapsing early? Injuries. T.J. Watt growing. Devin Bush, after, Devin Bush, after missing most of last year, is also out with a growing injury. We'll see what happens in week three. But I really think that that game, look, offense doesn't look great. It's a new offensive line for the most part, trying to get to know each other. There's no Pouncey. There's no Villanueva. Stalwarts of that offensive line last year. Now they're trying to find their way with an old Ben Roethlisberger who really needs a veteran offensive line. And maybe that was a mistake to not have Villanueva stay. That very well may come back to bite them. Maybe it already is. The offense doesn't look good. Juju Smith-Schuster, who is supposed to be the second coming of Antonio Brown, Meanwhile, Antonio Brown's got a Super Bowl ring, maybe going to get another. And Juju Smith-Schuster has really fallen to second fiddle, if you will. It's not fair. Maybe a 1-1-A with Deontay Johnson. But Chase Claypool, I'm not seeing a lot out of Chase Claypool. He dropped some balls. A couple probably hard for him to hold on to. But maybe he's having a sophomore slump. But all of the excitement from beating a very high-powered offense in Buffalo in the home opener to now lose their home opener, 26-17, I mean Buffalo's home opener. All of the steam of, oh, even for me, even for me, who said, watch out, the Steelers may be the sleeper team, the bounce-back team of the year, even with a respectable 12 and 4 record last year dare i say it this may be the first losing season under mike tomlin maybe they finish 8 and 8 actually it'll be 8 and 9 17 games this season which is another interesting topic we'll get into as we get later on in the season is that you realize when you're thinking about stats player stats the history of the nfl if you remember when i talked uh, a few episodes ago about how Major League Baseball is now going to incorporate Negro League stats 
Well, now what will 17 games do to the stats of the players in this era? You know, should there be an asterisk as over the course of probably what's not going to happen, the ripple effects will be felt in 10 to 20 seasons from now when all of the records of some of the greats in football come down because of that one extra game. Maybe they end up with two playing 18 games in the next four to five years of season. Stats will be affected. They will be different. They will be different. Tonight. Tonight, we get the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Both teams are 0-1. We're going to have to see. Both defenses are really good. The Lions are ranked third. The Packers are ranked one. But both of their offenses are really bad. Ranked 31 and 32. Passing and rushing is near the bottom of the National Football League as well. Their last meeting was December 12, 2020. The Green Bay Packers won 31-24. My question is, who we're going to get from, what are we going to get from the quarterback position? Jared Goff, who's no longer on the Rams. Can he make a, a statement as he begins his second chance as a quarterback? Will Aaron Rodgers, who said he really wasn't up for week one, you know, will he be up for the home opener? You know, because realistically, I think there is a lot of bad blood that I still believe that it was a mistake for them to not be able to move Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they just couldn't. We don't really know what happened behind closed doors. Maybe they just couldn't. But it seems like after this year, he's going to be moving on somewhere else, maybe to Jeopardy. <laughs> but, you know, I just don't know. We don't know what we're going to get. And I bet they're thinking the same thing at Lambeau Field. Which Aaron Rodgers is going to show up? And my thing is, I think that if you're a, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, he's doing just as much as a disservice to you as the fans in the way that he has been working and dealing with the head coach. No respect for the head coach. No respect for the front office. And I know I'm saying this from the outside looking in, but that's what I feel as a quarterback. I feel like he has done nothing but turn up his nose at everyone they have brought in. You think about the fact that they drafted a quarterback in Jordan Love. Did Aaron Rodgers forget when he was drafted? When Brett Favre was the quarterback of Green Bay? I mean, come on. It's what happens in this league. They didn't say he was going to come in and supplant you. You look at Tom Brady when they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. He, it just made him stronger. He just stepped up his game in my mind. That's what happened. He didn't get all upset and been out of shape and talk about the offense. I mean, realistically, what happens is Aaron Rodgers wants it all to be about himself. And I just don't think that's good for a team. I really don't. I really don't. All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. Check out PropsHQ.com. 
for all of your, uh, the knowledge, insight you need to make uh, good bets. Bets that better chance of you winning when you do some research. That's always good. And then I'm looking forward to week three doing color casts again. Me and Dexter Henry will be calling next week's Steelers game. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh boy. We'll see what the Steelers are going to do because they got a Bengals team coming in next Sunday. Really shouldn't be a challenge, but then again, I didn't expect the Raiders to be. Bengals have beat them before last year. You never know. Joe Burrow. Every week, he's getting better and better. Every week, am I getting better and better? I hope so. I hope so. Hope you like the show. Talk on Thursday. Ciao for now.